Welcome, you PJ party goers. Do you like that? <laughs> Do you think that's what we should we call need it? The nickname for the people who listen to the podcast? I don't know. I just think it is cool. <laughs> yeah, okay, I like it. Okay. <laughs> Put on your PJs and get ready to party. Ooh, there's feathers flying everywhere because it's a pillow fight at the PJ party. Woo! No, we're going to talk about boys soon. No, we're actually just wearing our regular clothing. And yeah, yeah. There's no PJs involved. Yeah. In I don't wear PJs. It's the terrible, ironic devil thing about this podcast. Hey, I don't that, need to know that you don't wear PJs. Do you know what? This week I tried to wear PJs. I was like, hmm, these sweatpants are so comfy. I'm going to give it a whirl. Oh, okay. Oh, God. I was ripping them off. Couldn't get my tank top off fast enough. Ah, God. Back into the ginch. But you know what I also can't do is sleep naked, which I know you're supposed to do. Science is always telling you, tell, air out your hoo-ha business. Get naked when you go to sleep. You yeah. got to sleep nude. I can't be doing that either. I don't know why. I just feel like, what if I got to defend my house in the middle of the night? Yeah, spiders. Spiders. They like warm areas, apparently. Jenny. So I'm a ginch man myself. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right, so this week uh, in uh, Zoneland, we are covering for <laughs> Dylan and Jason, still in the morning zone. And, uh, oh man, it's, a, it's an interesting one. We played a lot of Carnival of Fun, and you'll actually find out what the real original title of Carnival of Fun was supposed to be. <laughs> this is a wonderful exclusive for podcast listeners only, what we around the radio station call the Carnival of Fun. Mm-hmm. I'm excited it's to It's the true reveal. proper name of <laughs> that game. Yes. Uh, we also talk about uh, weed. You know, it's supposed to be legalized next year and the kind mm-hmm. of jobs that go along with it that are coming out kind of ridiculous. Any day now. Yeah. Oh, holiday parties, too. It's the season for that. So we want to know if you're for or against them. <laughs> I'm excited for our holiday party, actually. I love holiday parties. I was surprised to hear that people aren't into them. Um, by the way, for our holiday party, mm-hmm. bring your bathing suit. Ew, why? Seriously. Really? Uh, yeah. Was yeah. there a water slide? Okay, I'm not going to tell you anymore. Just bring your bathing suit. Okay. Um, also, there was a big story about uh, how many dogs should you be legally allowed to walk at a time? And is that anyone's business other than your own? I had a zoner say, you know what? There should be a minimum amount of dogs that you're, you should be walking at all times. Everyone should have at least one dog with them at all times. I don't know what it is, but I hate walking without a dog, but mm-hmm. I love walking with a dog. You put a leash in my hand and a pupper at my side, I can walk for hours on end. But as soon as I start walking without a dog, I start daydreaming like, oh, I wish I could fly. Fuck, why can't I just fly to where I'm going right now? I wish I could just take off into the air like Mighty Mouse. Why? Why the walking? But the dog by my side, I could walk across Middle Earth. Also makes me want to do runs, like go for a run. I think I would actually run if I had a dog. They're tough, though, because they can tangle your legs. Anyways, okay. yeah. We also talked to Reese Darby, who is uh, doing a show here in Victoria. And uh, yeah, we get him on the phone, which was so cool. And I had so many questions that we didn't have time to ask him. But uh, we do have a, you know, a 10 minute chat with him. What the rip? We don't bury the lead here. Yeah, we have a huge international star on our podcast. Yeah. That's massive. Yeah. Reese Darby, who played Murray from Flight of the Concords. He's huge. Huge. I'm, I was so stoked to talk to him. He's the nicest guy I've ever talked to. I agree. And at the end, too, we have uh, some thank yous and shout outs to zoners who have been listening to the podcast. So you may be mentioned at the end of the podcast as well. Oh, wow. I'll hear a person say my name. That's not me. That's exciting. I love that stuff. <laughs> okay. It's all that and a lot more on this week's PJ Party Podcast. You were saying you found a new love, uh, which is uh, a toilet and a shower. Mm-hmm. So we're not sorry. talking about like going to the bathroom just like in your shower, kind without of without a towel. Okay, what? This friend of ours, yeah, 
posted her house as she's subletting for the month of December. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful little cottagey place. Looks really great. And um, she posted a picture of the bathroom. And I noticed the toilet, like, is right in the shower. Like, it's right in there. It's in the shower? It's in the shower. And I what? messaged and I was like, is the toilet in the shower? Am I seeing things here? What's going on? Is this like, a, is there a mirror that I'm not? Is this like an optical illusion? Are you looking at it right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she said, it's kind of the best thing because uh, it's self-cleaning. Because she's got, her shower is on one of those like removable arm things or yeah. uh, hoses, right? So I just imagine, yeah, you can just spray down your toilet. And there's no reason why you couldn't just spray down your toilet and oh. clean it like that with the shower head to clean it. Because, you know, the toilet just is made, it's a porcelain. It's made to get all wet. So the outside of it could be wet as well. Now I get it. Some of the things, I maybe this is not so popular because if you don't go in there, if the shower floor is still a little bit wet then your socks would get wet so then okay i get it you take your socks off to have to you probably just gear all the way down to go to the bathroom and sit on the toilet but doesn't that make a lot of sense i no no that sounds very weird to me and also like the seat would be wet a lot yeah but if you're gearing down to to go to the bathroom towel down your toilet before you go sitting on the toilet and having a shower would be like nice i would like that right i would do it at the same time You're, you're you're yeah you're saving time that sounds pretty good, but... I don't even think you would need toilet paper. <laughs> what a weird design, though. It's like a mix, like a bidet shower put together. <laughs> Look, I understand the concerns. You know, like, I hear what you're saying is that why this isn't so widespread, but I'm wondering why this is the first time in my life I've ever seen such a thing. Mm-hmm. Why is this not... You know what I, I mean? Honestly, I think they probably just forgot to put a shower in there, or, like, didn't have a shower, so they makeshift and just, like, put a drain on the ground and, uh, like, well, for sure. put it in there. For sure. This is a makeshift situation because of probably for space. Yeah. But, like, just imagine. I'm so into this idea. Yeah? I'd like to move my toilet into my shower now. <laughs> I'd have more room for activities in the rest of the bathroom. Speaking of showers, we're going to get some rain today in Victoria. <laughs> so next year, uh, the plan is to have marijuana legalized in Canada. And in this last few weeks, we've been seeing a lot of, you know, updates on rules around cannabis and also job titles and things like that. Right. Um, Shoppers Drug Mart, they announced like last year that they were going to have their own Shoppers Drug Mart branded marijuana that they're going to sell at their stores. So right now they have a job position open for marijuana brand manager in Toronto for all of the Shoppers Drug Marts (laughs) in Canada. Yes kind of see this go in the direction of like craft beer i want to say yeah one of the leaders in in budweiser his name is um chris burgrave i think burgrave or burgrave he's actually leaving budweiser beer and going into cannabis as well really? now's the time to do it yeah i guess so hey. yeah and especially in these last few years too where craft beer has become so popular and we've kind of like there's a lot of craft beer now yes. and now we kind of need to move on to something else and with the legalization of, of marijuana i think that could be a thing and maybe here in victoria as well yeah absolutely and i've also on top of that been reading that uh victoria is trying to get more um marijuana lounges there was that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, on what was the it, Turf Quadra City. Street? Yeah, I never went to it, but apparently it's like really good fans in the roof. That's what you had to get, right? <laughs> it's like just blow all the weed stink out of there and into the atmosphere, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, so we could That's be seeing cool. it 
kind of normalized and yeah places that you can kind of hang out and smoke weed and have it be like a normal thing that's so interesting <laughs> and i do love that I, I do love the lounge thing because get it out of the apartment buildings and get it out of the houses right because people don't want their you know with your regular bathroom ceiling fan you don't want a bunch of weed smoke in the house i totally get that so the mm-hmm. lounges are such a nice idea well that's the thing too is people if they're buying medical marijuana they don't really know where to smoke it right you can't really do it in the middle of the street no. you can't really do it in your house unless you have a backyard yeah yeah but uh so yeah those lounges i guess would come in handy cool mm-hmm. i kind of like it i like the brand ambassador thing as well this is going to be like a nice hopefully a high paying job you know there's uh-huh. like somebody who has some experience whatever that was before <laughs> marijuana now we'll get this nice job a legitimate job. job yeah brand ambassador traveling the country that's such a good job it's <laughs> so good professional weed dealer really like even know. just like beyond the weed smoking aspect of yeah. it like you get to try up uh, sample all the weed and all that i just mean like the job itself sounds good mm-hmm. and uh rob texted in and was kind of brainstorming some other ideas of uh weed jobs and you know um you know when you go to like a, a wine tasting mm-hmm. or you go into a liquor store and they have like those you know samplings and everything yeah of course and people like can get training and becoming like a sommelier or whatever it's called yeah he's picturing like the exact same thing but for for weed and having that sort of like formality attached to it and how weird that would be well i kind of yeah i like that because when you think about like you said craft beer the craft beer world yeah this you know we've had all this relationship with alcohol where there's every different type no matter what if you want to be like a super snob and be into the craft beer and be that be your thing cool if you just want to crush a bunch of luckies and limes right and just like rainiers and just pbrs and just getting drunk beers there's those yeah there's so many different there's a whiskey bar versus a wine bar it's a fancy cocktail lounge dive bar there's so many different types right it's weird thinking about that right and the different like receptacles are like a pipe versus a vape versus blah blah blah, yeah, blah, like blah. this specific weed you want to vape it because blamp 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 it was grown in this you know prairie desert keep on brainstorming i like this there's a new proposal going on in victoria that uh you would have a three dog limit for all crd parks i think it's per person a three dog limit Mm -hmm. for people walking pets in the capital region my main thought is what about dog walkers right they have to pay 320 bucks Mm -hmm. they get a license fee and then they agree to conditions uh, like when and where the dogs are walked and along a code of conduct, which I assume that the professional dog walkers do already. Yeah, but I'm sure that's not very... I don't think they're probably very thrilled about that, having to pay a license For fee. For a license? Yeah. Yeah. And also, there's this one woman who walks around in, in James Bay, where I live, mm. and she has seven or eight terriers. Have are they all her? hers? They're all hers. Oh, no. Yeah, she just loves terriers, and she dresses them up all the same and stuff in the winter months, and, like, she's known in James Bay. I'm sure people have seen her around. Right. So I'm just thinking about her. What is she going to do? She can only go into certain places now? Yeah. Or get a license? Oh, yeah. Could you, as a person, get a license? Maybe. I don't know. Turn in 20 bucks? Yeah. Okay. All right. Because I don't know. It seems like a reasonable thing to me. It seems like, I don't know, maybe this is one of these things that kind of sprung up from, ah, uh, this person had six dogs and there was couldn't control them all. Mm-hmm. And then that, it seems like a pretty common sense thing. One person, three dogs to a person, that, even that's a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about the average person who's taking their dog for a walk and trying to keep control over them all. Yeah. So it seems very common sense, but... If this lady's got six oh. terriers on a leash. One time I caused a scene. 
You oh did? boy, what yeah. Um, a Chihuahua was staying with me, and I was like barely wearing anything. I think I was wearing like a sports bra and like um, my PJs, and uh-huh. I was just taking the dog out in like the little private area uh, to go to the bathroom. Didn't have yes. a leash. She's a really good dog. But then the lady with the terriers came walking by, <laughs> yes. and the Chihuahua goes darting at them and is barking like all of them are going. Imagine that, like seven or eight terriers just going nuts. Yeah, at this little chihuahua and me barely wearing any clothing trying to gather this <laughs> chihuahua and she was like you need to control your dog so i guess i was i was obviously in the blame there because i didn't have control of my dog but once See? those dogs started going man there's no way you can control that well it's <laughs> <laughs> a good start that's really good um, it wasn't good no, I'm sorry for you. And you were trying to get a barky chihuahua. Yeah. Under, yeah well, it was a mess, but I'm sure everyone in the intersection <laughs> in loved bra. looking at that downtown. <laughs> uh, okay, listen to this. C- CRD staff also recommend against supplying dog waste bags in, in CRD parks. Against that? Yeah. Isn't it an issue that people are leaving their dog doo-doo everywhere? So listen to this. Staff say the cost of supplying dog waste bags to the park is about 1200 bucks a year if just one bag station was installed at each regional park. Um, an estimated forty thousand dollars would be spent on bags. What? Really? I'm actually okay with this. Um, you know why? Because if you're in a park, dogs mostly are get off like they go off the trail a little bit mm-hmm. and they kinda of poop in the woods and that's fine. You can leave that there. I would rather just the poop go into the ground than leave the bags around. Well then the bags and then they gotta biodegrade and everything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm all for, yeah, of course, when you're walking through a residential neighborhood and people are walking out to their cars and they're going to step in turds and the, yeah, pick up your dog's poop. But if you're out in a park, mm-hmm. you know, say you're hiking Thetis Lake or whatever like that, as long as your dog gets off the trail, that's okay, I think, for a little bit of poop. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they're thinking about dogs again. That's one of these things. Every, uh, it seems like every year or so they go like, yeah, hey, let's think about dogs. You know, there are some good owners out there and there's some bad owners out there. And I find, you know, most people, they'll pick the poo up and they'll put it in the bag and then they'll take the bag and wing it up into a tree in the park. <laughs> what? what is that about? That's brutal. Who does that? <laughs> is that like a Christmas decoration or what? <laughs> yeah. What? I've never seen these f- poop bag fruits hanging from trees. Yeah. Wh- where do you live? <laughs> <laughs> so in that case, you're on board with me. Rather to leave the poop on the grounds than hanging from the tree. Yeah, and if your dog poos on the trail, kick it off to the side or get a stick and push it off to the side with a stick. You don't leave it there for someone to step in. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> get a stick. Um, about the dog bags? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, in case nobody's noticed, there's a lot of homeless people with dogs in the city. And I think that that's where, like, a lot of the dog bags come in handy. Because oh, right. I, I have a dog and I walk in Centennial Square and I have my own bag. But there's often poop or there's often lots of people with lots of dogs. So you were for the bag going. I was kind of against it, but... Okay. Yeah. We're, <laughs> okay. we're split on We're split on this one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, good. But, okay, but this is downtown you're talking about. And this seems like a very specific problem of... You know, you're talking about a, like a homeless person with their dog and then the dog poops and then they don't deal with it. And that's unfortunate. They, they do because the bags are there. There's bags in Centennial Square. Yeah, right. So maybe Centennial Square is a different story, but there, I think what they're talking about is parks and out in nature, oh, okay. people walking their dogs. That I don't feel like that's such a big deal. It's just like your dog can poop in the woods. Yes. Oh, definitely. If they can go off and do it there. I don't pick it up if my dog 
goes into some shrub somewhere. Right. But she's only a chihuahua, so it's like she's six pounds. There's not much. Oh, cute. That's very cute. I think, like, yeah, people kind of all got on board as this, like, you always pick your dog's poop up. It's like you were just like, that's it. Dog poops you yeah. pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then we kind yeah. of, like, lost sight of, like, okay, why are we doing this? It's like, oh, yeah, so no one steps in it or it's not a mess left. But, you know, these are animals and it is nature and it is biodegradable and, you know, better to have yeah. it just go into the dirt, like I said. But uh, as for the homeless people, yeah, I wonder if if they kept the dog bags maybe downtown, that's great. It, and then maybe I'm thinking great. too, like, I don't know, we always make sure that there's like care packages, mm-hmm. you know, for people that need it. So like socks and underwear and toiletries and things. And, and dog food and, and it, things like that. Often, yeah, of- there's dog food. Maybe like, the, you know, a roll of those biodegradable bags you get at the Bosley's. Mm-hmm. It's like a buck, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like add that to the to the care packages that the outreach programs do for the homeless people, no? Yes, and I work at our place. No, you oh, do. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that, that is actually brilliant. I have never thought of that before, and we have vets for pets once a month, and they can get things on that day, but it would be great if they could get things on other days also right. because we do make up the care packages or we do give things out to people. See? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, we came to a, a pretty cool little conclusion here. I like it. Yes, that's awesome. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. And, yeah, that gives me an idea to go into work with today. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And what was your name? Tracy. Tracy, thanks so much for calling in. Thanks for um, listening to me. Paul Bustino's Carnival of Bullshit. Today on Paul Bustino's Carnival of Fun, a game I've uh, played before. It's called Can I Get Directions to This Place? Uh, today, because uh, Brossard, Quebec, is in the news because their uh, new change room is uh, not allowing any nudity, and people read the, that headline, and then they're like, "What? But nudity!" And they yell and scream, and then they don't realize that it's because of a new gender-neutral locker room that's going in. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> so it's it's a fun headline, though. Yeah. No more nudity in the locker room. So I'm going to call to the town of Brossard, Quebec, just outside of Montreal. And uh, see if I can get directions to there. From Victoria, B.C. From to where I am right now. (laughs) And, you know, this doesn't... Look, at this day and age, Mm -hmm. not such a hard thing for whoever I get on the phone. You just pull up a Google map and then you read up the directions to me. It's more about the willingness and the politeness of the human person. Now, how contestants come in and how they can possibly win is uh, we've got two contestants on the line. Kristen, calling from Central Sandwich. So where you come in is uh, you tell me, yes or no, will I be able to get directions over the phone from Victoria to Brossard? Aren't they going to be French, though? Well, that's an interesting question. Yes, there is going to be a little bit of a language divide there. But don't forget that a lot of people, especially nearer to the major centers of Montreal and Quebec City, you know, have a pretty good command of the English languages as well as French. A lot of bilingualism going on in Quebec. Okay. Uh, no. You say, no, I will not be able to get directions. No, I don't think so. All right. What's going on for you today, Kirsten? Anyways, Kristen, you going to school? Yep. Are we going to make you late for school? Yeah, probably. What's your first class? French. No way! How hilarious. Love okay, well, that. this will be a fun story. You'll have a fun story for your French teacher if we make you late. Uh, on the line, two is Brian, 35, from Sandwich. You are 35, right? Not, not 13. 15. Not 13-5? Yep, yep. 3-5. Okay. You bet. Okay. So, Brian, how this game works is uh, Kristen, as uh, she's contestant one, she's proclaimed, no, I will not be able to get directions. So if I somehow am able to get directions, you win, okay? And you will. You think I will? You have confidence in that? Total faith. Brian, <laughs> thank you. Why do you say that? I, I just know Paul won't let me down. Oh, my God. All right. 
So here we go. You, Brian, you hang on the line, and now we're going to call to Brossard, Quebec. I figured we would call one of the rec centers. Yeah. Pools, right? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. All right, let's call. Bienvenue à Service Brossard. Je m'appelle Josie. Comment puis-je vous aider? Bonjour. Good morning. Um, morning. Morning. Hi there. I was just wondering if I could uh, get uh, directions to the pool there. The direction to the pool? Yeah. Could you give me just a quick um, how to get there, just a quick directions? Well, there's two pools. There's Antoine Brassard and Lucille Tisdale. Um, the first one. Antoine Brassard? Yes. Uh, I can give you the address. Yeah. And then maybe just like a quick, how, like what's the easiest, quickest way to get there? Okay. Uh-huh. Is it tough to get to? Is it hard to find? No, it's on Rome. Are you, do you live in uh, Brassard? No, I live in uh, Victoria. Okay. Um, in, in BC on the, I think... I, so I just, that's why I'm confused. It's just, I know I'm coming from a little ways away. I think I got to take a boat at some point. <laughs> uh, is this a joke? No, no. I want to come to there. I, uh, I read actually that you're, you, you're, you're there's not going to be any nudity in the James rooms anymore. Is that right? I'm sorry. I can't, I can't discuss. Right. No, I don't, no, don't want to discuss. I just want to say that's fantastic. And, you know, I'm very modest and I can't wait to come there and swim finally. Okay. And not be nude in the change room. I'm sorry, but so, I'm going to have to hang up. Thank so you very much. But, you know, but how do I get to there? No directions. Oh, they did not want to talk about that. I just want to play her saying okay again, like you can hear her not being impressed. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, this is clearly a stupid prank call. So that means congratulations to Kristen. You've got such a fun story now for your French class that you're going to be late to. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. You win a pair of tickets to the Alternative Comedy Tour with TJ Miller and Reese Darby Saturday, November the 18th at the McPherson Playhouse. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hang on the line one second to get you set up. Brian, I'm so sorry I let you down. It's all good. You uh, try again. You, you obviously hit a sore note there. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, you thought I could be so charming to get my way into these directions. Yeah, yeah. I thought I could too, but no doubt. Oh, well. Josie was having none of it. Thanks for playing. Thanks for coming. All right, thanks, Paul. And that's how we play Paul Vecino's Carnival of Bullshit. <laughs> Uh, it's, you know, creeping into the middle of November, and now's the time where companies start having their Christmas parties, their shindigs. Uh, we have ours coming up here at The Zone, and I personally am a pretty big fan of a Christmas party. Love. I look forward to it every year. Yeah. But apparently that's not a common attitude towards Christmas parties. Oh, really? I think it's just because a lot of people have really terrible Christmas parties. Yeah. And also, you know, involving alcohol with bosses. You see them in a different light. You see everybody kind of in their own, like, different light and things can get messy. And then you have stories to tell throughout the rest of the year that just stick with you if you make any bad decisions that night, you know? Yeah. There was a a survey that came out from, uh, it was called Office Team, and only 36% of professionals feel company holiday parties parties are fun. Legit. Uh, 64% uh, don't, and actually 35 actually gave them a negative thumbs down. That's, oh, wow. And uh, I was just wondering, like, what makes for a good company holiday party, Right. would you say? Okay, so I'm on the party planning committee this year, hey, for here. 
First of all, I think that is great. The fact that we have a party planning committee so yeah. we can actually do a survey throughout the office and see what we actually think is fun and what right. would be good. Yeah, and I think that it takes individuals like myself who like to party. <laughs> because, other, you know, it's oftentimes it's like, uh, you know who joins the committees, the party planning committees, is like good organizers. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that organizers don't also like to party. There's plenty of, uh, you know, people who like to organize who also love to get down. But oftentimes, I don't know, it's, you know, it's, it's good at note taking, good at email sending, not so good at throwing down, right? So yeah, okay. I think you need a couple of like idiots like me in there who are like, nope, here's how to have fun in that party planning committee. It's got to be a melding of minds. You've got to have the people making the phone calls and making the arrangements, you know, you know, mixed in with the people who are like, no, here's what we do, really. Here's what's important. Mm-hmm. Let's spend less on a magician and more on open bar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... Um, that's kind of one thing. I think you need uh, a, a good representation throughout the uh, workplace of different levels of partier. My favorite thing about holiday parties, and I think it's really important as well, this is kind of the, the end of the year thing where we kind of mm. look back at the work that you do throughout the rest of the year. Yep. So I think that appreciation, you know, we want gifts. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. important. Give yeah. me a gift card. Yeah. Um, also looking back. So, you know, bloopers for us, that's that's the big thing is a big bloopers, blooper yeah. reel from our commercials or on air if we, you know, drop F bombs or whatever. Yep. That's always good. Yeah. So how would you do that in like other office parties? I guess you could do. Yeah. Good natured ribbing or like a roast of the boss or something like that is yeah. kind of fun. But these are again, these are fun things. These are great things. But the, oh, the potential to go off the rails is massive. Hello. Hi, is that Reese? Yes. Hello. This is Paul Blastino and Jenny West calling from the Zone in Victoria. How are you? Hello. Good. Thank you. Um, okay, so here we go. Uh, radio interview. Paul Blastino, present. Jenny, present. Reese Darby, present. Thank you so much for playing yes! along with that. Yes, thank you. So- <laughs> I love you. Does it? Have, does every hacky radio idiot do that to you? Oh, they have done that over the years. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're not original, Paul. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm, we're just really, really excited to speak with you. And Reese, I don't know if you would do us this big favor, but there's a uh, young uh, fan of yours, huge fan of yours, in Flight of the Concords. Uh, his name is Martin Lamb. He's uh, one of the guys we works with, son, and he's an aspiring musician, plays the guitar, and he wondered if you would send him a little message as Murray. Absolutely. What's his name? Martin Lamb. Martin Lamb. Yeah. Hello, Martin. Murray here. I've uh, yet to hear your tape, but I can tell from your name that you're going to do well. You know, sheep are one of the greatest things to ever come out of New Zealand. We'll go far, Martin. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's going to make his whole life. He's going to pee his pants. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of your work. Um, one of the things that I've been uh, just recently getting into is Voltron. Uh, this is a uh, a show that, I mean, was popular in the 80s, but you're doing the uh, the voice of Koran. Yeah. So with this show, Voltron, they have some like pretty intense fans. And I was kind of just curious um, about your experience with some of the fans. Have you been to a fan con before? I have only been to one uh, con, mm-hmm. uh, if that's what you call them, I think I it know. is, <laughs> uh, <laughs> before. And, and that was just near the beginning of when the show was coming out. So, uh, yeah, we were, we were sort of introducing ourselves to 
to the fans as the cast, and then we were showing some clips of the show. But it was before the fandom really got out of hand, which I believe it's at that point now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, no, I haven't really done any public appearances as, as the voice of Karan. I think there has been a couple of uh, cons since the show's been on air, but mm. I just haven't been to them. But I certainly know online there's a lot of... I mean, fan fiction, homemade anime, there's plenty of dress-ups. And it's wonderful. It's just really wonderful to be part of that kind of thing. Because even with the Concords, you know, there was the odd Halloween get-up. Uh, <laughs> but besides the constant uh, appraisal and, and, and roll-calling, um, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't come across that much kind of fan art. And, and it really is about the art because it's uh, anime and, it, you know, it's all about the drawings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just been really cool to see how much stuff is out there yeah i was trying to uh google deep dive to see if there was any fan fiction about your character oh, <laughs> no, i'm sure there is oh yeah there was a, there was quite a lot actually yeah <laughs> uh is it true that your your sons were also featured in the show yes they they have both been in the show there was an episode where we go through a uh a wormhole and Karan keeps getting younger um and so uh, I was asked as to whether my children would like to play younger versions of me. And, of course, they jumped at the chance and they went in and so they they played younger versions of Karan, the, the, like a, a 10-year-old version. And my little 7-year-old played like a little uh, toddler as well as the baby version. <laughs> oh. uh, and they still had the moustache. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Um, are they looking now into, are they like hooked on the acting bug and uh, looking to do voice acting as well? And following yeah, footsteps? a little bit. Yeah, they've, they've seen how much fun it is. Um, and so they, they, they have been doing auditions and things. Uh, but we're not taking it too seriously. It must have been cool working with them as well and involving them in that. Yeah, it's, it's a great buzz. They get to see you know what daddy does and and not sort of i was going to say how easy it is but sort of more how hard it is really because Mm. it's you know they have to do lots of takes and there's a director there and um, they have to actually listen and do you know for once in their life and and uh adjust their their voice and yeah um we know you got a hard out reese but i wanted to ask you briefly about uh comedy because i'm really excited to come and see you do stand-up you're going to be doing this alternative comedy tour here in victoria on saturday and um i'm i'm interested in kind of how you feel the the parallels are between this kind of New Zealand comedy and uh, our comedy sensibilities in Canada and if there's a universal thing that just you know transcends all cultures or if you know because I always feel like New Zealand is kind of as to Australia very much as Canada is to the United States and if that plays into it or kind of what your thoughts are as you've toured our country now a little bit uh, how it all translates yeah I think it really does translate I think we we really are brothers because we have the same kind of feeling towards, well, not only our big brother, which is the nations you just mentioned, but also the fact that we are quite rural in in our sensibility. We have a lot of beautiful countryside and a lot of um, outdoor uh, pursuits, and they're very important to us, as well as sport. We're very, you know, you guys have your hockey, we have the rugby, but it's very kind of similar mentality. And, of course, the, the mothership of... Britain uh, and the mm. Commonwealth and our kind of our affiliation to that still. Uh, and so I think, yeah, we have a very sim- similar sense of humor. Uh, and I, I've noticed that. And so people can really relate to my material. And it is kind of about uh, the awkwardness of not being at home, but also being from a place where 
we're really trying to get your own identity. And I think both countries have struggled with that a bit uh, over time and have now actually achieved it. Mm-hmm. We both have great leaders now, you know. Yeah, oh yeah. It's really cool. And then we look at places like the States and, and to a slightly lesser extent Australia, but even definitely Australia with regards to the fact that they've only just said yes on the marriage equality thing. Yeah. And, we're, and we're kind of like, you know, we're better than you guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're smaller, but better. Uh, we might just have a little bit less of an ego. I feel like that's the yeah, case here in, in Canada. We, don't, yeah. we haven't got a chance to have an ego because we're not you know, the almighty powerful types. And right. Australia's always hit above its weight and have, have said, you know, I mean, they're so brash and confident. Yeah. But it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. But it's great for us to kind of go, you know, we're stepping up as well. And, and, and New Zealand in particular with, with the fact that we, we have a, um, a name for ourselves in, in comedy now in yeah. the world. And you guys had that way before us. You know, Canadians are universally known as very, very funny. So it's cool to sort of to sort of share that with you as well. Mm-hmm. Last thing we'll let you go. Um, you know, you do so many projects and you work with so many talented comedians and you're up there with them. Um, through all of that, what is the thing that makes you laugh more than anything else right now? <laughs> uh, that's a difficult one. Um, I, I'm still a, a big fan of the absurd uh, and mm. the silly because in the world we're living in right now, there's there's so much. Uh, horror and worry and panic and ridiculousness with regards to you know what's going on politically with the states and North Korea and all of these things that we fear. Uh, so to step away from anything like that and look at uh, something that doesn't mean anything that's ridiculous and silly that just puts a smile on your face that's the kind of stuff I'm into and that, that's the kind of comedy I portray you'll see me out there on stage doing a number of ridiculous walking styles or <laughs> uh, doing impressions of um, animals and, and, and things where you just go you know what that's just a take away your worries and just laugh at the, the obvious silliness that's in front of you Mm-hmm. That's so good. Well, congratulations on all your success, your entire career. It's been really amazing to watch you and, and get all these really amazing and hilarious roles. And it's been a pleasure watching you perform. It really has. Yeah. Thank and you. Thank you so much for taking time with us today. We really appreciate it. We can't mm-hmm. wait to see you on Saturday. And I can't wait to see Victoria because I've heard so much about it. Oh, you haven't been? <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you're going to love gonna it. You're going to love it. It's great. I, no, I cannot wait. <laughs> it's beautiful here. We're excited yeah. to have you. It's got a great way to win the tour. Well, thank you again, Reese. We appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. So travel. Bye. Bye. It's going to be a fun one today. I think Talking it is going to be. Yeah. oil spills. Yeah. <laughs> so how uh, this game is going to work today is there was an oil spill. It's all in the news. Down in South Dakota, there was a big oil spill. Um, they're going to have to deal with it, obviously. Mm-hmm. So the game today is... I've got a pipeline, oil pipeline. We're going to send thousands of barrels of oil through the pipeline. And uh, you have to tell me on the contestant, you have to tell me when to stop before there's a spill. Okay. But here's the thing. You have to make over a certain amount of money because that's the oil game, right? We're trying to make money. So based on the current value of uh, barrels of oil, Mm -hmm. uh, you have to make me as an oil baron $200,000. You have to send that many thousands of barrels of oil through. Without having a spill. Okay. Okay. Hello, Zone 913. Who's this? Hey, good morning. It's Brent. All right, Brent. So this is how it goes. You're going to hear the oil going through the pipeline and how many barrels are going through. And you have to tell me when to stop. If you've made $200,000, you're good. You win. Congratulations. If you haven't made that much money, you lose. And if you hit the spill, you lose. Okay? 
Sounds good. Good luck, Brent. All right. 1,000 barrels, 1,500 barrels, 2,000 barrels, 2,500 barrels, 3,000 barrels. Ooh, okay. Stop at 3,000 barrels? Yeah. Brent, you didn't make enough money. Sorry, bud. Dang, that's too bad. So we go on to the next caller. Hello, Zone 913. Who's this? This is Brian. Okay, Brian. Do you know much about the cost of oil these days? It's too much. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, good luck. We're going to send the oil through the pipeline. If you make me enough money, you win. If you hit the spill, you lose. Here we go. 1,000 barrels, 1,500 barrels, 2,000 barrels, 2,500 barrels, 3,000 barrels, 3,500 barrels, 4,000 barrels, 4,500 barrels, 5,000 barrels. Warning! Warning! 5,000 Sorry. So we know it's between 3,000 and 5,000. Well, you right. should know that by now. Sorry, okay. man. Sorry, we can't Sorry. give that to you. We'll try again. Yeah, please do. <laughs> See, it's a fun game, right? Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Hello, Zone 93. Who's this? This is Kira. Okay, Kira. Here we go. I'm going to start it, I think, at like 2,000 barrels right now. Okay, yeah, let's. here we go. Good luck. You tell me when to stop, okay? 2,500 barrels, 3,000 barrels, 3,500 barrels, 4,000 barrels. Yay! Yay! At 4,000 barrels of oil, you've made me $224,000, but you didn't spill at 5,000 barrels. Congratulations! Kiara, is that right? Yeah. Congratulations. You win a pair of tickets to the Alternative Comedy Tour with TJ Miller and Reese Darby Saturday, November the 18th at the McPherson Playhouse. Okay, thank you. Awesome. You hang on the line. We'll get you all set up, okay? <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. I like that. That Good was one production of my favorite on games. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we play. Paul Bustino's Carnival of Bullshit. <laughs> Good morning, my name is Paul Blasino. I'm filling in for Dylan Willows and Jenny West for Jason Lamb for the last time. That's it! Oh, they're both back on Monday. Yeah, we're back to our original beautiful spots where we get to sleep in. And, Precious. Yeah. I don't want to make too big of a deal of it because anyone who's listening right now yes. wakes up early. Sorry. Right? You're, you're up at 6 a.m. We get it. Waking up is a thing. Well, but we were up at like 4, though. Mm-hmm. Right? Or you were up at 3.30. 3.30, yeah. Unbelievable you get up that early. Um, but but we're happy to be going back to our uh, afternoon drive spot. It's so nice there. Mm-hmm. Please join us. If you've never listened to us, please come. We have fun in the afternoon time. Yeah, on your way home from work this mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we both did the thing where we both brought each other coffee and donuts this morning. Yeah, because so that- we wanted to celebrate our last <laughs> day. And now we have so many Timbits, so many donuts. We each have two large coffees in our hands. And, uh, it's fine. We need it. It should be a good morning. Should yeah. be, yeah. So let's get into your news, uh, your 6 o'clock news with Jenny West. Do it, Jenny. 
The federal government is investing $2.4 million to the University of Victoria to develop alternative clean energy from our oceans. The announcement was made yesterday at UVic by the Parliamentary Secretary to the Minister of Environment and Climate Change, Jonathan Wilkinson. We're going to talk about marine renewable energy, energy that is generated by water like tides, waves or river currents. This technology could be particularly important in British Columbia. The rivers and coastlines that make our province so beautiful could in future provide the energy that powers our homes and our businesses. I love that. Right? Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. I feel like... We have this huge ocean. Why don't we use it for clean energy? It makes so much sense and put money into that. If we had to explain to aliens how we powered our <laughs> devices and everything like that, they'd be like, well, c- clearly you use the sun that beams down on you all day long, right? That this was your primary source? Eh, nah. No, no. I mean, we have a few panels, but oh, okay. Well, how about the, the ocean? ocean? How about the wind? No? Oh, okay. Well, eh, what we do is we dig this stuff out of the ground, right? Oh, is it endless in the ground? Does it renew forever? Eh, we might eh, run out of it pretty soon here. Eh, we might run out. Oh, but it must be good for the environment to get it out of the ground, right? Eh, and then set it on fire? Ooh. <laughs> right? Explain that to aliens? Yeah, that seems pretty straightforward, eh? <laughs> <laughs> $1.4 million will go to establish the Pacific Regional Institute for Marine Energy Discovery at UVic. I'm so excited about this development. I would love for British Columbia to lead the charge on, you know, and I feel like we do already, but, like, wouldn't it be great if, you know, there's been some other provinces who are good at pulling energy out of various places, out Mm -hmm. of the ground usually, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. maybe not so good for the environment, but they're rich because of it. They've Mm -hmm. got all the energy to sell. We have other resources, though. We have this beautiful ocean. Why not use it? If we could do that, I mean, we could really lead the cause, and then we could be the super rich province, and we could be like, blah, 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 blah. You know, because it's always like, oh, but jobs. Oh, we'd like to do a thing for the environment, but jobs, money, mm-hmm. environment, uh, economy. But we could be like, no, no, we're rich. We're using the environment as well as helping the environment as well as supplying all of your energy. So, I think it's pretty cool, too, that they're doing it out of UVic. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Getting lots of scientists and research going there. And then let's get all the provinces on board. Everyone's got natural, probably renewable resources. Let's build that industry across the country. I'm not saying like uh, those other provinces deserve to be destitute for the rest of their existence. Let's Mm -hmm. just lead the charge in British Columbia and then let's all of us do it. Mm hmm. Uh, looks like Premier John Horgan and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau had a nice little meeting in Vancouver yesterday. Wow. Uh, but Horgan says once the cameras were off and the doors were closed, he <laughs> pressed Trudeau for some federal cash to help BC, especially with the cost of the wildfires from the summer. Wouldn't you just love, and especially with a guy like Horgan too, right, mm-hmm. who also already has a bit of like a pro wrestling look to him, you know? He's oh, like, yeah. He looks like a tough guy. Wouldn't you love for him to do that while the cameras were on? Wouldn't you like to him start pressing him? That's right. Be like, well, Finger it's really nice face. to meet you, but now it's just like... <laughs> Now it's time, and I want some federal cash. We need some funding. You know, wouldn't you love that? Yeah, stands on, like, the ring ropes and jumps on him. That's right. All politicians could learn a little something from Macho Man Randy Savage. I feel like politics, you know, kind of has a lot of parallels with with pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The premier says the price tag for the fire suppression and recovery is about $750 million, and Ottawa needs to make good on its promise to pitch in. Horgan says he and Trudeau also discussed the proposed Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion, as well as childcare, housing affordability, and environmental stewardship.
Thank you so much for listening to the PJ Party Podcast. And thank you for leaving reviews as well on iTunes. Um, a special shout out to Cecil Dredge. Uh, thanks for that five-star review. Yeah, really. That nice. was really nice. Appreciate um, it. Tom Granger gave us a five-bonger. Yeah. Do you know who that is? Who's that? He's the DJ at the Royals games. Aw. Yeah. So he's the guy who actually plays the bong. So obviously he wants to get bonger going. He wants to get, yeah, it was a real six bonger at the old Save One Foods Memorial Center last night. He's the guy who plays the bongs. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for listening, Tom. And then on top of that, I got a message from someone who was listening in South America. They are volunteering as an English teacher and uh, working on a farm in Ecuador. Their name is Sammy Ross. So thank you for listening and uh, appreciating the podcast. Absolutely. So much. And what do you think someone was like telling you that they look forward to it all week now? We're yeah, at, what, that was eight Sammy. episodes in. Yeah, it was Sammy? Yeah, they said they live for the podcast. So nice. It's nice to hear that anyone is listening to this really at all. Um, thank you for re- leaving your reviews and also smash that subscribe button, okay? And please tell your friends because we'll never get to market this in any real way. <laughs> so uh, we would really rely on uh, some word of mouth and telling your buds that uh, there's a good podcast now in Victoria, and it's this one, the PJ Party Podcast. Thanks, PJ Party goers. Ooh.